Welcome to Alabama Short Stories, when you're a little behind on your Alabama history. I'm your host, Sean Wright. There are many first calls we can look back to in history. On March 10, 1876, Alexander Graham Bell spoke into his new invention, the telephone, and asked his assistant on the other end, Mr. Watson, come here. I want to see you. Almost a century later, on July 20, 1969, Neil Armstrong's first words from the moon were, Swiftin, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. When he stepped on the lunar soil, he said, That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I never understood why Bell would ask Watson to, Come here, I want to see you, when what he really wanted was to have a conversation and test out his new invention. Of course, having a phone conversation had never happened before, so maybe he did want him to come to where he was. Neil Armstrong had a little bit of time to decide what he was going to say when the lunar module landed on the moon and when he took his first step. He knew the significance of his words and that they would be etched in history. Even still, the calm and collected mission commander meant to say, that's one small step for a man. He can be forgiven for not saying it in light of the moment, or maybe he did say it and it was lost in the miles between the moon and the earth. No matter what happened, it gave grammarians and conspiracy theorists plenty of fuel for their fire. Now, what Alexander Graham Bell gave to us with the phone became indispensable in our everyday lives. If you wanted to check up on a family member in another state, you would write a letter and wait for a reply. With a phone, you place a call and are instantly connected. If there was an emergency, you could pick up the phone and call the fire station or police department if you had the phone number close at hand. In an emergency, would you display the same calm demeanor as Neil Armstrong? Could you find the number for the fire department or police department? Probably not, and authorities knew this as well. The first group to raise awareness was the National Association of Fire Chiefs in 1957. They recommended using a single number around the country for reporting fires. Now, it took another decade until the President's Commission on Law Enforcement and Administration of Justice saw that the use of different telephone numbers for each type of emergency was contrary to a single universal number. They recommended that a single number should be established nationwide for reporting emergencies. Federal government agencies and officials sprung into action and supported this recommendation. The Federal Communications Commission was tasked with developing a solution. The FCC met with the American Telephone and Telegraph Company, AT&T, to develop a number and implement it quickly. On January 12, 1968, AT&T announced that 911 would be the emergency code in the United States. Now, for those who are not old enough to have suffered through with the rotary dial phone, let me explain. The larger the phone number, the longer it took for the dial to rotate, and the longer it took to place your call. Dialing a number that started 223 was much more enjoyable than dialing one that began 879. I lived in an 879 neighborhood, so I know the pain. 911 was chosen because it was easy to remember, and even with the initial 9, it made for a quick call, especially since you didn't have to dial four more numbers. It helped that 911 was not used as an area code, office, or service code. Here's a brief description of the 10-digit phone number that you have to dial now. The first three digits are the area code. It used to be just 205 in Alabama, 
But with more phones available, more area codes have been added for a total of six as I write this. The next three digits is the central office code, also known as the exchange code. There are big windowless AT&T buildings in your area that handle these calls. The last four digits is the line number. Now, Congress got behind the proposal and passed legislation allowing 911 to be used nationwide as a single number to call emergency services. The timing was right for this single emergency number. Telephone systems were becoming more and more automated, and because of that, there was less of a need for operators. And since operators handled most emergency calls, routing them to the appropriate agency depending on the issue. Fewer operators meant emergencies were not being handled, and callers would have to search for the phone number they needed, wasting valuable time. While 911 was a national proposal and would be implemented by AT&T, then the only national phone system, smaller regional systems outside of the Bell system did not have to implement 911. Bob Gallagher, president of Alabama Telephone Company, read about the new 911 designation in the Wall Street Journal. He was upset that the smaller carriers were left out of the conversation. But seeing an opportunity, Gallagher decided to beat AT&T to the punch. He knew they had to act fast, and they chose Haleyville, Alabama, where the company's system was already installed. An argument was being held across the country about where they should locate the physical 911 phone to receive the emergency call. Should it be at the hospital, the fire station, or maybe the police station? They chose the Haleyville Police Station, and Alabama Telephone Company employee Bill Fry installed the system in less than a week. Now, in my mind, I can see the Bat Phone from the campy 1966 television show Batman. When Commissioner Gordon needed Batman's help, he would call Batman on his dedicated phone, which was red and sitting on Bruce Wayne's desk. And that was not far off from reality in Haleyville. On February 16, 1968, Alabama State Representative and Speaker of the House Rankin Fight made a 911 call from the mayor's office. A red hotline phone rang on a dedicated 911 line at the Haleyville Police Station. U.S. Congressman Tom Bevel answered the first 911 call in the United States. Years later, Representative Bevel said, I had no idea then that the emergency system would become as big as it is. After the successful call, everyone celebrated with coffee and donuts. Well, of course they did. It was the police station after all. Haleyville, Alabama made the first 911 call. It was a non-emergency call and would happen again and again around the country as more systems came online. Nome, Alaska was the second to place a 911 call just six days later. The day after the historic phone call, they realized they had forgotten all about payphones. Payphones were popular back then, and they cost 10 cents a call. All payphones were modified to make a 911 call without the dime. Over the decades, 911 has been updated and become a part of our lives. In larger cities, enhanced 911 can identify where a call is coming from and send help if the caller can't provide the information. It's a number none of us want to call, but are grateful it is there when we need it. Haleyville's 911 system is still in operation, making it the first 911 system and the longest-running system in the United States. And if you want to see a little bit of history when you're in the area, the red hotline phone is on display at the Haleyville Police Department. I am proud to announce that the book Alabama Short Stories Volume 1 is now available at Amazon.com. 
It features the first three season stories of the podcast in book form. It's a perfect gift for that friend or family member who just doesn't want to listen to a podcast. It's also great for podcast fans who want pictures with their stories. And it's a perfect gift for that hard-to-buy person in your life. You know who they are. Now get them the book. It's available as paperback, hardback, or Kindle version. Not only will it make your life better, but it will help us to continue to produce this podcast. It's a win-win. You can find a link at alabamashortstories.com or search Alabama Short Stories on Amazon.com. Order yours today.